Welcome and thank you for joining us today on our podcast. I'm Marvin Telemontis, the pastor of River Rock Fellowship. Hope this inspires you and builds up your faith and helps you to see that God is moving in your life. Enjoy the message. Well, if you're joining us via podcast, thanks for joining. And we hope that this message will help you take your next step closer to Jesus. So let's get started. Did you know that there's a severe famine in America in the church world today? It's not because there's a shortage of spiritual food available or a shortage of Bibles. It's that many Christians are, do not consume the Word of God on a regular basis. And of course, there is an effect because of that. This is not a message that if you're not a regular Bible reader, I'm not here to condemn you. I get it. I understand all that. But I'm here to encourage you to try something, even in a small bite, because this practice, this exercise, is for the rest of your life. So how many have ever tried to go do something, you went too hard, too fast, and you just fell off the cliff, and never bothered to go back and try it again? If all you can do is read one verse, not a chapter, just a verse, then that's your starting point, and that's great. But the point is, don't get ripped off by the enemy with guilt and condemnation and, oh, I feel dirty and I'm full full of shame. That's not this message. That's not what this is about. This is about giving you the tools that you could see transformation happen in your life, in your marriage, with your kids, in your place of vocation, in your dreams, all that there is. You need the tools It's not easy to navigate the scriptures. It's not easy to understand what it's talking about and the yees and the thous and all of those. So I would recommend don't start off with the old King James. Find a version that's easy to read that you can understand and grow into it and watch what the Lord will do. There's the American Bible Society. Their very first research project Uh, project was in 1812 1812 their project was to go find the spiritual condition of america and so a couple of missionaries they decided to go all through all the different states and all they were doing was trying to find out the spiritual condition who's reading the bible who's not how many and especially in, in the western frontier because our nation was founded on Christianity, and they wanted to see if the pulse was strong or weak. Well, they did another survey in 2021. And here's part of some of the report. There's literally like 109 pages on this report. So I'm not reading the whole thing to us, amen? It says... State of the Bible 2021 respondents point us to several significant shifts. First, in the midst of a tumultuous period in America, it's talking about COVID, it's talking about the pandemic, these things, political upheavals, all that stuff. People who once were Bible disengaged are reaching for the Bible. 
Consequently, the movable middle, meaning those who engage with the Bible, those who were, well, I could do it, maybe I don't, they're, they're in there not quite sure. They're the movable middle and those who are completely disengaged and have no desire. So this is what they say about the movable middle. The movable middle has swollen to include 95 million American adults who are exploring scriptures, many for the very first time. Second, these new Bible explorers often find the Bible difficult to navigate and understand as they look for a connection with God, comfort for their hurts, answers to their questions. They also need relational guides. What does that mean? They need a coach, somebody to help them do this thing. Why? Because this is not easy on your own. So they need a relational guide to help them and digital tools to improve their access to Scripture. Third, America's youngest generations are reaching for electronic devices when they want to explore the Bible. Smartphones and computers are extremely portable and allow users to search for content they couldn't easily find in a printed Bible. From the online church revolution to socially distant small groups, the landscape of Christian faith and worship in America has been deeply disrupted in the past year. I'll end there. You know, there's multiple surveys that reveal the problem in, in stark terms. According to 80, accordingly to 82% of Americans, they believe that the phrase, God helps those who help themselves, they believe it's an actual Bible verse. It is not. Barna poll, well, they, ind they indicated that at least 12% of adults believe that Joan of Arc was actually Noah's wife. <laughs> There's another survey. How come when I really try to do a joke, nobody laughs? I'm just asking. Another survey of graduating high school seniors revealed that over, over 50% thought that Sodom and Gomorrah were husband and wife. I get it. We all live in a lightning-fast society. We also live in a time of history that we've never seen. There is not an old person you know that can say, I remember this back when we had the, the Spanish flu. Guys, we've never faced this before. And with so many demands upon us, sometimes we often feel obligated to forfeit our time with God so that we could deal with the responsibilities of our day-to-day -day obligations. Yet our churches, our leaders, our nation is more biblical illiterate than maybe at any other time in the history of America. That's strategic by the enemy of our soul. 
That's why we have Life Journal Sunday. See, Life Journal Sunday is about providing the tools necessary for people to engage, to navigate the scriptures and to see lies transformed. I hope that today you would determine to make your time with God a core value, a non-negotiable in your life. It's a heart issue. And if you're already very active in the scriptures, then I have another challenge for you. How can you go deeper? How can you go deeper? Who do you know that you could take out to coffee once a week and do life journaling with them one-on-one? See, we all have something we can be challenged with today. It's easy to be confused over the daily demands of life as being more important than putting God first in all things. It doesn't happen instantly. It's real subtle. But it's always a poor decision to make God second in my everyday, ordinary, regular life. That's the recipe for a complete disaster. And if I was to ask how many know that, there would be a lot of hands to be raised. So let's begin with addressing this question. What makes reading the Bible so important? It's a reasonable question. So let's think of this. What if there were 400 of the best leaders and the worst leaders that we could write about their life I mean, rated R, rated X, and, and, and we don't hide anything of it, and we put it, and we encapsulate it into documents, into writings that would be over 3,000 years worth of 400 years of leadership. We don't hide anything. The ugliness, the sin, all of it, and the heroes. And we put all that and all their stories and their good stuff and their bad stuff. And we say, here it is. What would that do for you? See, the reality is I cannot live enough lifetimes in one lifetime to generate enough experience about life to understand what the Bible can give me if I just read its pages. That's powerful. Do you know, if we learn from those painful experiences, from those heroic experiences, from those everyday life experiences we see in the scriptures, do you know what the end result would be from doing all of that on a regular basis? You would have insight. You would have discernment and wisdom of the ages. in your heart and in your mind. Now, that's exactly what God offers us by giving us the Bible, 66 books by some 40 different authors written on on three different continents over 3,000 years. This is powerful. He took different characters of the Bible. He took both the men, he took the women. and, and, And of these 400 main characters God put in the Bible without any cosmetic alteration, So that we would learn from the failure of Adam and Eve. 
So that you would learn from the obedience of Noah. So that you would learn from the lust of Samson. From you, so that you would learn from the sins of David and the heart of David. We learn from the poor decisions of Solomon and then the wisdom of the Proverbs of Solomon. We learn about the compromising of Abraham and the great faith of Abraham. About the pitfalls of Peter to the courage of Peter, the rock. Moses and Ruth and Esther and Mary and Paul and Timothy and Absalom and Saul and Elijah and Elisha and Samuel and Daniel and Matthew and Mark and Luke and John and Balaam and Adam and his wife Eve, Cain and Abel. So much we can learn. You know, we really have two basic professors in our life to how to learn wisdom. We have Mr. Wisdom who says, I'm going to give you the life lesson you need to understand, Marvin, before you make the mistake so you will learn it in advance and you don't have to suffer pain. I like Mr. Wisdom's class. But for whatever reason, I play hooky a bunch and I'll go over here to Mr. Consequences class. And Mr. Consequence says, oh, I like it when you come to my class. I'm going to show you after you do something wrong and you blunder. So I'm going to let you run into the wall and bang it with your nose. And then you find out, wall hard, no soft, now blood in my hand. Don't run into the wall. How many have ran into the wall? And Mr. Consequence goes, now you know. As you got blood in your hands from finding out the hard way. How about we go into Mr. Wisdom's class a whole lot more into Mr. Consequence's class? That's the Bible. It gives us that wisdom. It shows us from all of those characters in the Bible, this is what you do, this is what you don't do. And in understanding that, you get wisdom. Number one, it gives you the wisdom of the ages. It says here in Psalm chapter 119, verse 100. Would you read it out loud with me? Ready, begin. I understand more than the ancients because I keep your precepts. The psalmist understood from being in the Word that he actually had more understanding than the ancients, those who were a thousand years before him. Isn't that amazing? He understood the value of the Word of God. God is calling His people back to the best book from which He speaks to us. You know it's still the number one best-selling book year after year, that when they go and they do the number one best-selling book, they don't include the Bible because it always, 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 always wins. Isn't that amazing? God wants you to know, if you're engaged in the Word of God, how pleased He is with you to keep up the good fight, help others to take their next step closer to Jesus. 
Not only does the reading of the Bible give wisdom, but often in this thing called life, see, you are going to run in to some walls. You're going to face some very difficult seasons in life. You're going to be discouraged. You're going to be disheartened. You're going to be crushed. You're going to be perplexed. You're going to be struck down. You're going to be forsaken. You're going to feel betrayed and abandoned. You're going to be offended by people. But here's the good news. God is saying, I want you to be able to outlast all of those emotions and all of those offenses. I want you to be able to have victory over all those things. And all of that, the Word of God, the Bible, puts inside of you. So here's another benefit of being a regular Bible reader. The Bible makes you mature. Have you ever noticed that mature people are not easily offended? You'll hear little phrases like, oh, I don't want to major in the minors. It's okay. Somebody offends you, go, are you okay? They, they just kind of speak over it. They don't just suck in the offense. You know what I'm talking about? Anybody here get easily offended? I asked for my cup of coffee, and I asked for my, my flavored cream, and they still haven't brought it to me. My coffee's cold now. I don't even know why I came to this place. What if you didn't know that that girl just found out that her daddy just died? And she's a little twisted at the moment. And what she really needed was somebody to say, Hey, sweetheart, why don't you put that pot on the table and grab a seat? You okay? What's going on? I could see it in your eyes. Let me have your hand. Because I want to pray with you. You'll make it. See, the Word of God will make you discerning. The Word of God will help you not to be easily offended and miss the ministry opportunity. Because you're too busy whining and crying and complaining. Psalms 119 verse 165 says this. Great peace have they which love the law and nothing shall offend them wow there's a good reason to read this word you may be frustrated as a parent but as you read the word of god the scriptures will heal you back mama will heal you back papa so you can parent well and it gives you the hope to believe God for those children, whether they're young or whether they're grown. God's Word strengthens you. God's Word makes you mature and not insecure. It says in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17, let's, let me read this to us. All Scripture, not some of it, all Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach was teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip His people 
to do every good work. You guys seeing the, the power of reading the Word of God? You see, as, as we make reading the Scripture a daily part of our lives, we start to view others, our spouses, our children, our friends, our co-workers, our strangers, our relatives, our in-laws, or outlaws, however you want to look at it. We start to view others the way God views those same people. We start to view our circumstances the way God sees our circumstances. We start to approach problems and troubles with a godly heart and with a godly attitude. And so now as you have that daily devotion with the Bible, you're developing the mind of Christ. And you're developing the core values of Christ. Now, when a person refuses to do daily devotions, it becomes clear that they do not have access to the wisdom of God. They do not have access to discernment. And there is struggle in their life. Now, let me go a little deeper with this idea. If we choose to not read the Word of God, what becomes of our core value system? Obviously, we choose to set our core value system on a worldly value system. The opposite of God's value system. Didn't mean to, but that's the result. This is one of the ways we get the term cardinal Christian or worldly Christian. And when this happens, we now begin to embrace a, a worldly or an anti-God view in every area of our life. When it comes to parenting, we default to a worldly view. A worldly approach to raising the children. When it comes to marriage and politics or work ethic or finances or friendships, we choose a worldly or an anti-God way of doing life. We start to think. We start to behave just like the world thinks. And behave just like they behave. Because we have spent so much of our time at the feet of the world. So when the time comes to make a moral or an immoral decision, and I haven't spent time with Jesus, I haven't spent time with the Holy Spirit, I haven't spent time in the Bible, what kind of decision will I make? Moral or immoral? That's rhetorical. I will go with my world value system in moral decisions. Folks, God's saying if you will let His Word permeate your heart and your soul when it comes in your ordinary, regular, everyday life, when those little decisions come up, do I say the truth or am I going to lie? Do, do I cheat or do I not? You know what? You'll always pick truth. You always pick God's way. But if you're not in the Word, and some of you Christians know what I'm talking about, you, you know when you've been in the Word for, for a long period of time, and you know, you, 
There's no compromising. That's just the way it is. But when you've kind of cheated, and oh, I just show up to church, but I don't do the Jesus thing the rest of the week because you know what? God knows my heart. Hello. Don't raise your hands, but you know what I'm talking about. You know when that happens to lie, steal, or cheat? You know what you do? You kind of go over here, and then you justify it. Got quiet. Your perspective will be based upon how much time you spend in His Word. Hear what Jeremiah says in chapter 30, verse 2. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Write down for the record everything I have said to you, Jeremiah. Do you understand? God is telling Jeremiah, Hey, Jeremiah, time to journal. It's time to write it down. I'm going to speak to you, and I want you to write it down. Why? Because you're going to hit a hard time, and I want you to go back, and I want you to be able to look at it. And remember what I spoke to you. So you'll go, oh, my goodness, Lord, you were warning me. You were speaking to me. You're, you're already telling me how I need to look at this. Remember, when you read the Word of God, who is speaking to you? When you're reading the Bible, who is speaking? Not, not Billy Graham. Not John Maxwell. Not Warren Worsby. Who's speaking to you? The Word of God means God. Some people say, well, I never heard God speak. Here it is. Let Him speak. Let Him speak every day. Let Him reveal to you the mysteries. If you got your life journals, let's go through something really quick here. As you look at Ephesians chapter 5, verse 26, it says, To make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's Word. And as Dave said, S-O-A-P, on the front of your journal, you'll notice there's like a little uh, instruction part, and you'll see the acrostic S-O-A-P. It's there in a horizontal, I mean, in a, in a vertical way. And the S stands for as you read the Scripture. So let me show you how to read the Scriptures. Go to the, I think it's to the back of your, of your um, journal. You're going to see all the Scriptures there. And it's listed out by the days. What to read, or is it in the front, depending on which journal you... It's in the front on this one. And you'll see there the month and the day, okay? It doesn't matter whether it's 2018 or 2028. It doesn't matter. That's going to be the reading plan for 365 days, okay? And so that's what you read for that day. When you're done reading for that day, you just check the box or color it in in dark, and you know you've done that reading. For those of you who don't want to go old school paper, you go to uversion.com, download the app. And again, there, if you're familiar with it, fine. If you're not, come to one of us and anybody over here in the young row, they'll tell you how to use the app. And it's super easy. It will read to you. And there's tons of different Bible versions that you would like. Most of them have the ability to read back to you. Some of them don't. I think the old King James doesn't read back. But that kind of gives you an idea of what you can read. Now, as you're reading it, okay, something happens. And you're reading through and you go, hey, as I'm reading through John chapter 3, this verse hits me. 
For God so loved the world. And I take my pencil because I like using pencil when I write. So I have a mechanical pencil, and I use that because if I make a mistake, I can easily erase. All right? For those of you who've journaled for a while, you probably go, yeah, I like pencil too. Um, some of you guys cheat and you use computers, and I, I see how you are. That's fine. But as you go through, you find something that you really like. Take the pencil or a highlighter and just highlight that verse or put a little pencil mark next to the number of the verse you like. Keep reading. Don't stop reading. And how many have found out as you've been doing your life journal that all of a sudden you go, oh, I need to call I got to call Pastor Rick. Oh, oh my goodness. I have an appointment with the dentist today. Oh, I got to do this for the kids. How many know the to-do list comes out as you're reading the Bible? Hello? Simple. Get a little, little notebook. Get a little piece of paper. However you want to do it. Write out, I got to call Pastor Rick. Up, oh, I got to do this. And just put your little to-do list so that way it's off of here and it doesn't stop you reading. So once you're done with all the reading, maybe you've got three or four scriptures you've highlighted or dotted on the, in the margin. I want, to, I want to look at that. And you picked one. You picked John 3.16. So now you're going to journal. You go over to one of the journal pages. And if you like to, you could write an S. Now, some people cheat here. Don't cheat. I'm telling you, it's, it's not easy, but don't cheat. I, sometimes I'll pick five, six verses, ten verses, and I try to write it all out. The pen makes the heart precise. I have to slow down to write the scripture. If I just go to my phone and I just pick it and I don't write it out, it's not getting in me. I'll, I'll just come to life during and I'll just read it. You're cheating. Take the time to write it down. It's going to get inside of you. So then you write down the scripture, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, who served, right? Then you go to O, and you write down an observation. What's this mean? You're a scientist. This says that there's a supreme being who loves mankind and was willing to send his only begotten son to die on their behalf for their sin. So you notice how it's, it's, it's distant from me. But now I go to A, application. Now it's personal. God loves me in spite of all the stuff I've done wrong. He shouldn't love me, but he still went to the cross for me. I'm humbled by this. And then P, God, help me to never forget what you sacrificed for me, for my family. I love you, Lord. Will you help me today? In your name, amen. Some of you, you can do a life journal on a quarter page. Some of you in a half of a, or in a, in a, in a half page. And some of you, you're, you're going to need one, two, three, four, five pages. What, what is this? This is not a competition. This is your time with Jesus. So don't, First of all, don't get caught in legalism. Don't get legalistic about this. If you're to miss a day or two, don't get discouraged. As Dave was sharing, the best thing to do, I missed two or three days, you say, go, hey, hey, don't, don't go back and read those days. Read today. And when you're done with that and you journal on that, you want to catch up on those other days, now go back. 
and catch up on those days. But always read today's reading today so you get to the ones you have missed later. And then you'll catch up on that. But that way, you don't miss today and you start fresh today. Okay? Now, this is about your personal growth. This is not a competition of, can I write this better than uh, the Dave? Can I do this better than Miguel and, and Hunter? I'm, I'm going to do this. I know he's, he, he comes up with some pretty good analogies. I, I gotta come up, I'm going to Google a good analogy on this one. It's not a competition. For some of you, you may want a life journal only once or twice a week and read the scriptures the other days. That's fine. For some of you, it's three to four. And others, five to seven. Where are you at in the conviction of the Holy Spirit? Do that. Don't be naive and say, I'm doing seven days a week, every day for the rest of my life, and I've never life journaled. Don't do that. Start realistic. And then grow into it. Here's a couple key things, and, and then we'll close, okay? Have that to-do paper. I prefer to write in pencil. It's easy to erase. Um, mark, highlight, possible special verses. I just shared that with you. Do your devotions with a spouse, with a friend. I love the idea of going to Starbucks, Panera Bread, or someplace like that, where you meet once a, a week or once a month, and you just come together, and all that happens, here, here's what's cool. You didn't prepare a Bible study, but you actually didn't, didn't even know it. You just take your life journal, and you go, hey, I'll read you what I wrote last week. And then your friend or your spouse says, that's incredible. I, I've read that verse. I had no idea. That makes sense. And then they turn around and they read their life journal. And before you know it, you're both getting wisdom nuggets from the Word because you're doing it together. Have you ever noticed this? Some of you veterans, have you ever read, read a scripture and you've read it for the last 20 years and it means something different to you today than it did 20 years ago? See, the Word, is this, Jesus says, right? Hebrews 13, 8, Jesus is saying yesterday, today, and forever. But here's the thing. I change. I'm not a 20-year-old. I'm not a 40-year-old. So as I change in different seasons of life, my needs and my, my wants, my desires, my passions change. And as I read the Word, I read it through that prism. I encourage you to maybe create a small life group to share with one another. Somebody want to come and use the church while we're here? Do it. Say, Pastor, I'm going to pull the group together. Do it at work. I used to have people that would go and do Life Journal during lunch break at their work, at the plant. Let's get together and dive into the Word of God together. I encourage you to be creative in that. Well, Father, we thank you for your goodness and your grace, and I thank you for your people. And Lord, what a special day to, to go a little bit longer than normal. Because, Father, we're starting off a new year. For some, this is a brand new thing they've never thought about, never knew how they could read the Scriptures and, and cause them to help grow. Lord, how they can get maybe even a commentary and, and read the commentary on John 3.16 to get some insight and, and use that as part of the journal. Lord, we can grow. 
These are tools. They're doable if the heart is willing. Oh God, help us. Not to be legalistic, not to be competitive, but Father, to have a passion for the heart of God. That your heart would be in my heart. That it would be in synergy. I need more of you, God. I can't do this without you, God. Make us desperate for you. And you're the lifter of our head. So bless your people. Bless your people. And Lord, if they need another life journal or, or more, then so be it. Father, we give them all the tools they need. So, Father, they can reach out to a family or friend and they can start it up with them. And God, I can't wait for the testimonies. The testimonies of the metamorpho, the transformation that takes place when we engage with the Word of God. Bless your people in Jesus' holy name. Amen and amen. Well, we hope this message helps you to take your next step closer to Jesus. Here's a great question to ask yourself right now. How will I be different because of what I just heard today? Well, for more info about us, go to rrf.church or find us on Facebook. I'm Pastor Marvin thanking you for taking the time to join us.